back here and welcome back to the Off the Key podcast. And today, I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts, Garrett doop, doop, doop. and James. What's up? And today, we're joined by a very special guest, 21 Pilots expert, Emily. Hi. And today, we're talking about the label debut from 21 Pilots, Vessel. Now, this was actually Emily's pick. We had been looking to get some guests on the show, and Emily suggested that we talk about 21 Pilots, and I was like, you know what? Sure. So, if you could, Emily, go into a little bit about your 21 Pilots history. Been a big fan since about 2012, 2013. Put it about the release, uh, during the regional at best era, which even among some fans is not a super well-known album because it wasn't any, it was, it's really just a rough draft EP. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I mean, you literally had to send me and James a Google Drive yeah. of the of the FLAC files to listen to it. And yeah. a lot of, I will say, you know, I did listen to it and a lot of them are just rough mixes. Mm-hmm. They are. But also, I'm under the impression that Josh is not on that album. It was after uh, Chris Lee and Nick Thomas left the band and they were, he was, Tyler was still in the process of finding a new drummer and they had been working on Regional at Best and... So all of the drums on it are program drums. Um, yeah, I was I was gonna say I noticed that in the mix as well, or at least in the recordings for Regional at Best, as it should be. <laughs> um, <laughs> no love drummers. Here. Now, if you're wondering who Twenty One Pilots is, um, they are a Columbus, Ohio-based alternative music duo consisting of Tyler Joseph and Josh Dunn. Now, the group formed in 2009. And was originally, as Emily said, formed with Tyler Joseph, Nick Thomas, and Chris Saith. Thomas and Saith left the band in around 2011 and were replaced by Josh Dunn. And that is the lineup that they have had from then until now. So I'd say the duo is probably best known for their a lot of their blurry face singles. Um, stressed out, massive hit, inescapable in the uh, like mid-2010s. Uh, Ride. Heathens, uh, they also won a Grammy for that song in 2017, Stressed Out. So before we got to Vessel, they actually self-released two albums, uh, 21 Pilots, their self-titled debut in 2009, and as we were discussing earlier, Regional at Best in 2011. And by that point, they were finally signed by the New York City-based record label Fueled by Ramen. And I'm sure you know, if you're in the pop-punk, emo-pop, emo rock scene of like the 2000s, that label name will sound very familiar. This label assigned the likes of many alternative rock and pop acts such as A Day to Remember, All Time Low, The Front Bottoms, Panic at the Disco, Paramore, Waterparks, 303, Fallout Boy, Jimmy Eat World, Basement, and many, many, many more alternative rock and emo pop acts. This this label fueled the 2000s. Oh yeah, I mean if you're if you grew up in the 2000s, you have heard. I guarantee you, you've heard most of these bands. I thought Jimmy World was older than that though. No, no, they were around mm. in like the late 1990s, but they really didn't get big till the 2000s. Mm. A little fun fact about 21 Pilots is they're actually the first alternative group in history to have two concurrent top five singles on the Billboard Hot 100. And the third rock act in history to have two singles in the top five alongside the Beatles and Elvis Presley. It's actually very impressive. I will say, you know, I don't hear 
a lot of talk about 21 Pilots in the circles that I'm in, but they are a massively popular group regardless. I will say, though, calling them rock is a little bit a little loose. <laughs> a little bit of a stretch, yes. It's big stretch. So it's a little generous. That's yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think it's just hard to really fully put them in a category, though. So they, they kind of get grouped with rock most of the time. Yeah, I would say like rock or pop. I mean, I'd say alt-pop. Yeah, alt-pop would be a good, like, blanket term. Yeah. Either straight up pop or alt pop. I don't even when they do get into rock, it's very, very slight. Their debut on Fueled by Ramen was Vessel, and that was released on January eighth, twenty thirteen, and became the second album in the history of music to see every track on the album receive at least a gold certification by the RIAA. When I learned that information, I was like completely shocked. They're actually the first band to have two albums. Yeah, I was Oh, sorry. <laughs> now, now, sorry. Now, Matt, what does it take to have a song certified go by the RIA? So, in order for a song to be certified in any way, shape, or form by the RIAA, specifically gold, it needs to have at least 500,000 album sales or album equivalent units. Now, an album equivalent unit can mean a lot of different things, but that's usually nowadays how or the RIAA will record streaming service sales if that makes sense so like let's say an album gets a billion streams on spotify that will be quantified or calculated into i don't remember the formula exactly but it'll be basically calculated into a formula and that will become an album equivalent sale looking at the spotify numbers for this album it's easy to understand yes car radio has almost half half a billion listens they're a big group. Albums like Blurry Face just blow that out of the water. Like Stressed Out has over 1.6 billion listens. Yeah, Blurry Face was the other album that we mentioned earlier that also received all gold certifications for every single track. So impressive to say the least. Regardless of how you may feel about 21 Pilots, their presence is very known in the music landscape. Very true. An oft overhated band. From a general standpoint, and I think it's because they set this bar of blending multiple styles. Uh, a lot of people are very, they have what they what they like. They don't like a just a super wide variety of genres. So when you go from this alt-pop or kind of like a rock sound, and then he starts rapping over it, some people can be put off and vice versa when he's like rapping. And or like and jumping then, to reggae. Yeah, uh, a lot of people can be put off by that. And I think that, and I think just their lyrics in general, anytime you have someone that's writing about heavy themes, people can kind of criticize that. They could say it's, you know, it's, oh, they're whiny, oh, they're sad. They need to make, you know, they just made this pop song, so why can't you make all your songs like that? And it's kind of, it, they are, I think in my personal opinion, they are pretty overhated. I'd have to agree. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, in general, I think some people do have a hard time latching onto them, especially when you, you take Vessel, for example, for a long time. Because after they got signed to Field by Ramen, your access to self-titled and regional at best became very limited. Because um, like regional at best isn't even on streaming services. At least self-titled is. But you, you go from Vessel sound to an immediately heavier, darker sound in Blurry Face. And then Trench is... 
while we had the discussion about the not being really classified as rock, I would put that album in a more rock sounding category compared to previous albums. And then you get Scaled and Icy that is a very, very pop album. So even within this, not just the songs, but the albums themselves are all drastically different from each other. I do think people have a hard time like latching onto that because they expect everything to be the same. And while I think the albums have a very overarching specific 21 pilot sound they're still all very different from each other and i just think some people don't really like that yeah now as far as that goes i do think 21 pilots like you were saying they have that pop backbone they have that pop structure but they try to take it in different directions and different avenues and you know sometimes that can be jarring for a fan base like you can take examples like even you know one of the most extreme examples you know david bowie David Bowie, he was genre hopping between albums, between projects constantly, and it got to the point where, you know, people were calling him a chameleon, a rock chameleon. And mm-hmm. honestly, a lot of David Bowie projects are a mixed bag for that reason. And you could even say the same thing about Kid Cudi. I mean, Kid Cudi tried to dip into rock, and most of his fan base hated it. That was that was probably one of that's got to be a top five di- most disastrous genre like flip in in music history to be honest such a massive fail like that is a definite one easy yeah honestly speed bolt heaven i've said this multiple times i think it is one of the worst albums of the 2010s but that being said my point here is when you have a stylistic shift when you have a genre shift between albums i feel like personally it needs to be really good for the fans to forgive it just in my opinion. It's it's an extraordinarily difficult thing to do, especially if you're not totally familiar with the genre. It can easily turn out to be a train wreck. You have to be very careful. Oh, yeah. And they have massive, massive stones. Just, just going into music as a band and saying, we're going to do this. We're going to make a career out of this. That's just like me putting on boxing gloves and saying, oh, wow, Mike Tyson, you're next. It's like, what? It's like, you're just going to try this right off the bat. Yeah, you can't deny the band's high aspirations. Yeah, I mean, and you take things like Scaled and Icy, which was very, very divisive among the fan base. Most people did not enjoy that album, and it really is because they went for that more commercial pop sound it's like like saturday sounds like a song you'd hear in coles it's not a good song and i it it divided the fan base very heavily i mean there's some people who they're gonna they're the fans that are no matter what they do they're gonna love it and they're just gonna eat it up but i feel like 21 pilots in general is a band that requires you to think critically about a lot of what they're writing not just like you take the song at face value and you listen to it as a song but then because they do have their lore, you have a second layer of meaning behind almost everything they've done since Blurry Face. I don't know. That album just, in particular, I think is a really good example of why it doesn't work sometimes. It just, it's so drastically different from everything else, and it just, it literally took me three or four listens to enjoy that album before. Yeah, it, I hate to say this, but honestly, Scaled and Icy kind of seems like they sold out a little bit. Just a little bit. Do you think they still have they still have like the same passion putting into it? Oh, 100%. Especially after 
uh, because Skilled and Icy came out in the midst of COVID. So they did like a live stream concert and it's not like, it wasn't like any like live stream performance. I, you've, I mean, people do like live stream performances of concerts and stuff all the time, but this was, this was very, very different. They put so much time and thought into it. And then having seen them perform twice so far for this album cycle, that passion and that creativity is still there and it's still just as strong and I think they're aware that the album wasn't as great as it probably could have been. I think they know that. But I don't think they've lost anything in the process of doing it. It's just... They just chose a direction that yeah. didn't quite hit. Yeah, it's it, fair. Just, fair it fell flat due to wanting to tell a story and using the music as the vehicle for that, I think. That is one of the most positive things that I could say about 21 Pilots and the biggest impression they've given me throughout the whole time I've known them because of you of course Emily they are extremely creative and extremely like ridiculously dedicated to what they do they are you cannot deny their passion at all yeah even if even if I feel it falls flat in a lot of places you cannot deny that they care about what they're putting out that they care about their music they're making and their fan base a lot that's something that matters to me a lot with just about everything like authenticity if you give me that I will respect you, even if I don't like it. And I think the other thing to add is that Scaled and Icy did have to ride the coattails of Trench, which is, in my opinion, their best album. It is the best. It is their peak. That is the best thing Same. they have ever done. And I think a lot of people were gonna were going into that album with the idea of Trench and wanting Trench Part Two, essentially, and they didn't get it. And I think. I think that's also part of why Scaled and Icy is so lackluster. There are a lot of other things about Scaled and Icy, like the the track listing should be rearranged. Some songs on there shouldn't be put back to back, but, you know, we're not here for Scaled and Icy. Yeah, so to gear the conversation back to the main subject a little bit, Vessel. So one thing I do want to bring up, and we kind of brought this up a little bit earlier, but Vessel is actually half um, songs from regional at best. So, you know, we were kind of talking about how regional at best um, had very demo quality tracks. Um, actually, I believe six, five or six of the tracks actually were from that album and remastered and redone. So the tracks that were from regional best at best that were put on vessel are as follows. Ode to sleep, holding on to you house of gold, car radio guns for hands and trees. Now, from what I was reading with Vessel and kind of the process and what was going on with Regional at Best, you know, the label pulled it. Um, essentially, Joseph made the comment that he had composed Regional at Best not knowing whether or not people were going to hear it and viewed Vessel as an opportunity to finish several songs from Regional at Best. As far as Vessel goes, uh, during a fan interview, Joseph actually explained that the album's title represents their body or vessel as an object carrying something far more important than the outer shell, and when they die, that is set free and lives on. The soul. Yeah, now, with that being said, we should probably get into Vessel. So, starting off with the opening track, Ode to Sleep. Big skip. <laughs> Big skip. The, really? the worst, I, is the worst song uh, album. Honest, I, I did not mind it. Honestly, my I thought it was a good opener. 
that's my point. I think Ode to Sleep, I, how, I think Heavy Dirty Soul is their best album opener to date, but Ode to Sleep is, for this album, it beginning with Ode to Sleep and ending with Truce and Trees is so good. That is the best decision about this album. I would change the order of many songs on this album, but opening with Ode to Sleep, brilliant. So, I think I should open with Migraine. Be honest. So my main issue with Ode to Sleep is I feel it's incredibly overproduced. Yeah. It feels like every track, every like sound channel is trying to fight to be in the front, and it kind of creates this loud mess, this loud wall of noise, and it doesn't make for an enjoyable experience. Now, taken by itself, maybe if the mixing was better, I would have enjoyed the song more. And I, you know, I know I'm gonna hear. Oh, you shouldn't have to complain about the mixing, not the production, you know, like it's kind of a meme and a joke, but like it really killed this song for me. You know what it sounds like to me? This, the instrumentals of this track, another track, I think it's semi-automatic. They remind me, and I looked at the dates and it came out the year after. It reminds me of Living Things by Linkin Park, the synths, like the beats, that early 2000s, like alt pop. Just It reminds me of like that era, just a Linkin Park song, which is not bad. But that overproduction is definitely there. But also, man, he sounds like he's just doing just a really bad, like, this era, like, Eminem impersonation. Man, the rapping is not good. I mean, the lyrics aren't bad. It's the delivery that's not good. Because there are other His, songs where we'll probably point out the, the actual, like, lyric, like, the actual, like, rhymes. But, man, this delivery is just not it. He's kind of all over the place. The problem, so, <laughs> I was going to talk about this on another track, but I'll go ahead and bring it up. The problem with Tyler Joseph as a rapper is he's got a very amateur cadence and delivery style. You know, he kind of has this, like, I hate to say this. I really hate to say this. I do but it. He kind of has on. this, like, my name is Tyler Joseph, and I'm here to say kind of, like, delivery and <laughs> rap flow and <laughs> kind of like with a little bit of an emo inflection. And, and it just, man, it's very, very amateur. It reminds me of the kind of 80s delivery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that just kind of like rapture by Blondie ass sounding delivery. Oh, yeah. Mm. Now, uh, on, a, on a more positive note, now, this is something I noticed, and I don't know if you guys noticed this too, but I, like the bass line sounds like the main like synth melody. Yes. Sounds very reminiscent of Handlebars by Flowbots. <laughs> oh. Like the, I can ride no bike, I can ride my bike with no handlebars. Like that same like synth line. I don't know. I just like I, I went back and listened to it, and I was like, "That is the same one." I personally didn't see it, but I, like, I didn't get it, but I can see it. What What were your thoughts, Emily? I don't mind his rapping. That's one of my favorite. Like, if whenever I hear a new song, and the second Tyler starts rapping, that makes me very excited. I think his rapping has definitely improved since Vessel. I mean, if you listen to Self Titled, for example, there's not nearly as much. Fall Away's got a heavy rap. It's more of a heavy rap song. Taxi Cab has a small rapping verse in it. It's not a lot. Regional at best was more so introduced. I think it was really just... In some ways, I think the rapping was a callback to Tyler's solo stuff prior to 21 Pilots because almost every single one of his solo songs has rapping in it. Almost every single one of them. And I think it was a, okay, we're doing this with 21 Pilots. Let me try and see if I can introduce this concept. And I do think that Vessel in many ways would be a 
I guess, rougher idea of what it would be. I definitely think once after Blurry Face and after Trench, it has dramatically improved. But I like that he's not, he doesn't sound like everyone else who's rapping. I appreciate the difference in it. I like that there's not, I like that I can go into it and I don't think it's going to sound the same every time I hear it. And when they do it live, it's the same way. It's, they've dramatically improved it since then. I just think it was still a beginning idea. Yeah. And I've listened to their later projects and I definitely think Tyler Joseph's rapping has improved a lot, but Mm -hmm. on this album in particular, man, it's very, I think it's very amateur. It's not just that it's different from other rappers or it's even different from himself. Like from going from this to car radio to screen is so different in his delivery. And I'm gonna be honest. Like one, is, I think two are not good, and one is good. Like I like his delivery on car radio on this song and screen. I absolutely do not like it. Now I will say, on a more songwriting note and like the structure of the song, I see what they're doing here. It's kind of a a juxtaposition of light and dark with the pacing, kind of like flipping back and forth, you know, with the rapping, and then you know it goes back to the more jovial pop tune. And, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of starts to introduce the themes of spirituality and mental health that are pretty much spread throughout every single track. So the writing here is not bad, and I like the idea, but uh, the execution, for me, not there. One of two songs on this album that I think is a pure skip. Yeah, I can tell we're pretty divided on the <laughs> song, but that's okay. Now, moving on to Holding On To You. How'd you guys feel about this? That's my favorite song. So interesting. Hmm. I do think it is one of the better songs here. Yep. It's definitely more yes. straightforward. The message means well. I, you know, I don't really have a problem with the the philosophy and the the songwriting of this album. You know, I think there are pockets where it can be pretty pretty cheesy, pretty corny, pretty cringe. But like Tyler is trying to give a positive and uplifting message here. And I think that is commendable. Mm. One of my favorite themes on the album is that like sometimes all the positive things that you want to do and all of the things that work to help your mental health, he's like, sometimes you just kind of have to like turn your brain off. Sometimes the only thing you can do in like darkness is just to just get distracted. Sometimes that is it. You cannot do any better than that and just kind of hope, like just hope for the best. That's, Honestly, I find that pretty accurate. There's sometimes you can try to go from a very just angular scientific standpoint to combat your mental. And sometimes you just got to get distracted. Sometimes just mm-hmm. killing your brain is really all you can do. Yeah, it's it's extremely relatable. Their instrumentation, I think, is it does very well. It's a little I cheesy, but I, I think it's very sweet and cute. It is. It's a good song. Holding on to you is a, in regard, like for 21 Pilots, is a, perfect song whenever someone comes to me and is like you like 21 pilots i've never heard them what's the first song i should listen to i always tell them that one because i think it does a really good job of showcasing who they are and what they sound like you it does a really good job of showing tyler's rapping his singing abilities the fact that he screams in it it's also got it's very heavily showcases josh's drumming and how good his drumming is and then it is but it also still does that sort of genre flipping thing when you when we get to the very end after the entertain my faith part and they sample that, that old song, the lean with it, rock with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I did like the sample. Now, I will point out a line that I actually did really like here. It was uh, pretty clever, I thought. It was a triple entendre, actually. I'm taking over my body, back in control, no more shoddy. I bet a lot of me was lost. T's uncrossed and I's undotted. I fought it a lot, and it seems a lot like flesh is all I got. Not anymore. Flesh out the door, swat. Now, it was a little silly, but... It's a triple entendre. You know, he's talking about his fleshly desires and pushing those away, but also literally pushing the bad parts of himself out the door, but also referencing a SWAT break-in. Like, he's he's busting into, or busting out of, the stuff he's dealing with. Galaxy Brain Lawn. Yeah, it was actually, yeah. I, I read that, I was like reading it, and I was like, oh, that was actually very clever. And, you know, I gotta give him, I gotta give him props where it is. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and tear... Tyler Joseph apart and say he's, you know, the worst rapper of all time or anything like that. You know, he, he has clever songwriting moments and he is capable of making good lyrics. I mean, he's not Nav. I mean, come on. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I would listen to Tyler Joseph over Nav. You can hold me to that. <laughs> well, now, before I forget, I got to give some love to my man, Josh. This dude. He is a good drummer. Yeah, I love him. He has... He's very creative, a great sense of groove and timing, and the parts he creates are, in every single song, I did not have a single problem with any part that Josh created for every song. Like, that is hard to do. As a drummer, as a musician, like, Josh does a great job at creating great parts for these songs. And I'm going to be honest, like people get so very focused on Tyler because he's the singer, he's the writer, he's the front man, whatever. If Josh was not in that band, they would, that would be it. They'd fall apart. It would not be them without Josh. I'm sorry, everyone. I know you love Tyler, but Josh Dunn is where it's at. That is, that is my boy. I love him. (laughs) It would not be the same music, the same band. None of it would be the same without his drums. That is, it is the entire backbone to every single 21 pilot song. Like it just, and in, even when you see them live, you can just feel the energy that yes, comes from exactly. him when you're, cause like I've been on both sides of the pit. I've been on the side that Tyler's usually on and I've been on the side that Josh is on and I've been directly down the middle. I will go to Josh's side every time. The intensity, the energy that he gives off when he is playing is just so palpable. You can just feel it. It is that man and his drum set. They could do anything. Yeah, well said. I mean, I was going to say the same things. When, whenever I have seen him, like whenever you've shown me videos and stuff of him playing, I love to watch it because he just, he How is, can you not? yeah, he's full of just positive energy and he puts it all into that drum set. I love watching it. Yeah, Josh Dunn, great drummer. I have... Like you said, James, zero complaints on his end. I think he's a great rhythm section, and without Tyler, you're definitely right, Emily, they would fall apart. Or without Josh, I mean. Now, that being said, the following track, Migraine. I'm sorry, guys. I hated this song. This is interesting. Man, we just have so many different opinions on this song. I, I think this Tyler's is, cadence is so awkward and stilted. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm well, sorry, yeah. but like... That's kind of... Mac, I think you're alone on this one, man. Because I, I, I enjoyed Migraine, too. Yeah, because I'm going to tell you, before, <laughs> when I first heard this album, when it first came out, 
migraine was my song. I love migraine. I would, I will go to war for that song. The, Mac, <laughs> Mac, this is this is like a Cuddy song for me, where he can just straight up doo doo all over the all over the verses. The instrumental and the hook is so good; it overpowers everything in- else. The instrumental and the chorus are fine, but Tyler, yeah. this is the worst. There's one other song where I think the rapping is worse. Is that Scream? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's at this point. Where, I mean, to be honest, except for Car Radio, I did not like his rapping almost at all. So it's just kind of like, okay, I'm like it's just it's just more. But I I managed to look past it. It's kind of one of those things where, okay, we've set this precedence, and I don't really care for his style. So that's kind of now in the background. I'm just like I'm probably not gonna like it. The chorus and his like vocal effects they've added to it made it made it blend together really nice, and I just. I just think if, it sounds good. If you took his rapping out, it would be a great song. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. I, well, this is my favorite song on the album. That's that's just my opinion. I know, you know, I'm I'm very picky about rap. I am a rap head. This was not doing it for me. That's okay. Very amateur. Yeah. I mean, I'm a hook guy, so this is the best hook on the album in my opinion. I, no, so, I agree. I think the chorus is very favorite. it's very sticky. It's very memorable, and mm-hmm. you know, it's one of the better instrumentals on the album. I just man. Like I said, that's valid. That being said, uh, House of Gold. Now, this is a nice bright spot on the album. You mm-hmm. know, the, the song, it's a sweet little ode to Tyler's mother. And yeah. it's very wholesome. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, this is just another oh, crappy, generic pop ukulele song. Although I did cringe a little bit <laughs> when I heard ukulele, ukulele yeah. come on. But it's, it's sweet. I'm not going to sit here and tear this song apart. I see you over there, Emily, making that face. Yeah, as a fellow ukulele player myself, I take offense. Take a shit on Mac. Go ahead. All right. Do it in the balls. <laughs> no, I just, just play it. I think I think House of Gold is a it's really our big introduction to Tyler playing ukulele. Like he did it at concerts and stuff. And Isle of Flightless Birds, I think, was one of the only songs from self titled that had ukulele actively on the track. Like he would play Fall Away with Ukulele Live and stuff like that, but House of Gold was our first real big like uke song, and then that it literally ukuleles has be because of Twenty One Pilots ukulele sales just skyrocketed, and like it's it, it like the ukulele after that be kind of just became their staple. Ukulele, piano, and drums are just their thing. That's their three. But I just think House of Gold is a great introduction to that like classic ukulele sound that they end up getting later yeah. on. Uh, the thing about just ukulele in general for me, it's not that I have a problem with the instrument, but it's I feel like it's so overused in pop music and a lot of popular music. And I, I just hear it and I'm immediately like rem- reminded of grocery store music. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, in this case, I, I, I like the song. I think it's good. I think it's sweet. It's got a very wholesome meaning and it's a good track. It's I like a, it. It's a great instrument to use for just wholesome songs like this bright major chords like they're perfect it's perfect for it i disagree i agree with you a little bit but also disagree with you i don't think it's bad i don't even think it's overused i don't know where you're getting out where what pop stars are you listening to that have a bunch of ukulele in it have you listened to tiny tam or something walked in a grocery store no i don't i, I literally <laughs> go out of my way not to james you can you can back me up on yes this. yes there's a there's a good bit of ukulele and in, in a lot of grocery store music Motherfuckers listen to Tiny Tim over here in there. But <laughs> I will say it is when you listen to the album the first time, it is jarring, especially when you listen to all of 
their hits and it's just like whoa it's like time like not only are we going to do an acoustic song but we're going to do a song with with ukulele it's like it's a little jarring but the second listen and the third you really start to appreciate it like that kind of initial sentiment wears off you you start appreciating it uh, appreciating it for what it is you start you see the lyrics you see what it's about and then i think the song is a really good song yeah, like, yeah this, is a, know, this is a top yeah. tier song on the album. I'm, I think it's in the top half. I'm nitpicking a little bit, but I think this is one of the best songs in the album. And I think it's in a good location, too, because you get Ode to Sleep, Holding On To You, Migraine, and then we get House of Gold. Yeah, it's a nice it's little like, reprieve. Yeah. One of the better pacing choices, in my yes. opinion. But yeah, the following track, Car Radio. So, I like this track. This is my favorite track on the album. I can see that. This is it's actually, a good pick. This is actually a very, very well-structured song. Yeah, the dynamics are good. Yes. Dynamically, it is wonderful. I think the rapping is actually his some of his best Yes, on this album. I'd have to agree as well. Lyrics are great. I think it's his best rapping, hands down, ever of any album. Honestly. it. I think it really showcases his strength. In this song specifically, I like I like Heavy Dirty Soul. I like the fast rapping of that. I enjoy other things that he's done, but I just there's something about his rapping in Car Radio that I just think he structured it, timed it, all of it is so well done for this song in particular. And I just think it's it's a really good showcase of all of it. Yeah, not not to mention the just the emotional depth and behind the song. It's very palpable. It's very strong, and you can. You can tell that he really put a lot of thought, a lot of passion into this song, and it's the reason why it's one of the big reasons why it's my favorite track. Yeah, the tension build up on this is really nice. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's based on a true story. Someone actually stole his car radio and he had to actually experience that and it's what inspired the song. Ohio type beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, overall I think it's a good song. I appreciate that it was one of the shorter tracks because I do think there are some tracks here that go on way too long but it's a nice little moment it's kind of a like following house of gold it kind of brings you back a little bit as far as pacing goes so and it it brings up the whole theme of distraction like we were talking about earlier in terms of mental health yeah talking about how he has to sit in silence now and there's nothing to keep him keep these thoughts these dark thoughts from entering his head and he's always thinking about it and where Whereas music, and I, I can, it's very relatable, especially to me, that music is very much a thing that helps me get through a lot of things, that has helped me got, get through a lot of things in my life. and I can totally understand. Yeah, and you know, regardless of how I feel, Tyler is a relatable guy in, his, in terms of his songwriting and his songwriting ability. He always tries to give the listener a space in his songwriting to insert their own problems into it. The emotions and the views on mental health, I very much agree with. The only negative is that sometimes it's either the delivery is in that rapping that I just don't connect to, or it's sometimes the instrumentals are a little too poppy. And for me, when I want a song that's like, that's like sad or relatable or talking about like real dark issues, man, I just want to just, wallow in it i don't want that juxtaposition of like the happy instrumentals over like the sad i just want it just to be just dark that's why you know i love me my nine inch nails just because it's just 
existential and really gets into it. But most of most of the issue on this album is just is the delivery, not as much the instrumentals. But this song is a this song is a top tier song. It's probably my second favorite behind Migraine. Yeah, it's definitely up there for me. I do think there are several spots on this album where the production could use a lot of work, the mixing could use a lot of work. But uh, Car Radio is not one of those songs. Yeah, it was pretty much perfect on this one. Production, mixing. Yeah, I was going to actually jump back to something you said about how you just want to be able to wallow. And I think Car Radio, in many ways, does a really good job of having that, the the part towards the end where it's got the sense doing the da 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 that part. I think they do a really good job of having that more upbeat part because, like, at the end of the day, you're making music to go and play it live. You're playing it, for, you're making it for people to hear, but you're also making it for people to experience it in a way. And I, so I think they do a really good job with the song specifically of having that. So when you hear it live, you can you have something that you can jump to and interact with, but not making the song so bright that it distracts from the story and the message that's still being told in the same way that Ode to Sleep does. But I think it works for Ode to Sleep because you're getting that day and night cycle. For this, I don't think it takes away from it because it's not as bright as it could have been like with previous songs. I think it works really well for this one. As far as, you know, to kind of piggyback off what both of you are saying, as far as that goes, you know, I think their songwriting approach and their style, they preach, you know, messages of overcoming your battles, overcoming your mental issues, your your demons. And I feel like they've chose to use more uplifting, brighter sounds and palettes to reflect that. We're moving on to semi-automatic. I'm, I'm going to keep it real, you guys. I thought, keep it real, I thought the synth effects on this song were very annoying. It sounds very yes. Living Things era Linkin Park. And I just cannot <laughs> get it out of my head. It's just I, that early 2000s. This, like, oh. this was honestly my least favorite track on the album. It, it was bottom three for me. Yeah. My problem with the order of the album starts here. That's it, like at this after this point, I have issues with the order of the album. I'd rearrange it. Yeah, the pacing is a little all over the place. Yeah, I, I do love semi-automatic and its relation to the lyrics of "Guns for Hands." So I think that the the gun metaphor that Tyler's got going between those two songs are really great. I don't want them close to each other on the album, so I appreciate their distance from each other. But I also don't want semi-automatic and fake you out close to each other because they sound too similar. And I don't want screen and migraine, or not migraine, uh, screen and house of gold close together because they're the more ukulele oriented songs. So I still like them separate, but there's just at I don't know. There's something about between semi automatic screen and the run and go. I feel like the album just dips. It's a roller coaster, but not in a good way. Yeah, That's- I just I just think it gets slowed down a little bit there. I I don't have a complaint about any of the songs on this album, but I don't like the order of the latter half of the album until you get to trees and truths. I like their positioning. So I don't know how to fix it. I don't know if they're, maybe it's missing a song in between. Maybe a song should have been removed. I don't know. I, but there's just something about that. After car radio, there's something about six, seven, eight, nine that it just dips for me. And I love every single one of those songs. It just slows down. It gets a little sluggish for me. Overall, I think the arrangement of these tracks could have been different and better. Like I said before we started recording, this, for me, this is as close to a perfect album as I'll ever get. I love Vessel. This is my favorite album by them and close to my favorite album of all time. But I do think just that the track order is a little wonky, and I would 
I would change it up if it were me. That being said, did you guys have any other thoughts on semi-automatic? Nope. Ugh. This next track, Screen. Yeah. You, we might want to let Emily open with this one because me and Matt, we're going to take a fat dookie on this song. So so I, how did you feel about Screen? Um, it, honestly, it I do like Screen, but like I've said, I just the album starts to get there for me. Like it just just it drags a little bit. I will skip Screen in the run and go sometimes if I'm listening to it. Unless I'm listening to listening to the album with the intention of listening to it all the way through. If I'm, especially if I'm listening to music on shuffle, I'll skip screen and I'll skip the run and go. I just do. I, I don't dislike the song. I think there's an alternate version of this song that is significantly better that was released prior to Vessel coming out. Was that on regional best? No. Okay. No, it's just, it was like a alternate take. And I guess they just went with this version. I like the alternate version of screen better. Um, I think it's a little, it's a, I don't want to say it's more stripped back, but it's, it's very different, and I like it a little bit better. I think it's just the song sounds better, and I think it would have fit the flow a little bit better. Does that version not have any rapping in it? No, it does. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> uh, you, you, what were you going to say earlier, James? I was just going to say that opening piano melody. I've heard that so many fucking times because of you, Emily, and Alex. You, you, you guys love to play that, <laughs> that thing. Well, we recorded it. See, yeah, this is yeah, the other did. problem that I have with Screen, though, is that we recorded, my dad, my brother, and I, for our little family band, recorded a cover of Screen, and I listened to it so many times while we were trying to learn the piano part or learn the ukulele part or whatever, and so the song has this, I just listened to it over and over and over again, and so it made me not like the song as much. Yeah. So that's part of my problem with Screen. That has nothing to do with them. It has to do with me. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's, it's been um, worn out for you. Yeah, but yeah. it... I don't know. I also don't... I like Screen, and I think the... When they play it live, I kind of just wish they wouldn't. But at this, with this, But on the same hand, having that entire crowd singing We're Broken People is so moving and so emotional that mm. I love that part. But I also just kind of don't want them to play it live anymore. Matt, is this where you're going to read some, yeah. some, oh, go, get, get into it. The, because. the lines. Before you do, I do want to say one thing. <laughs> this was our first introduction to the blurry face voice and the concept and idea that blurry face is centered around. Because blurry face, other than an album, is a character that represents insecurities and anxieties. I don't have a problem with the instrumentals, the piano line. I don't even have an instrument with him doing the voice and the, and the lyrics. Well, yeah, the lyrics, well. But like the the themes that is we'll not what that. I have a problem with. It is the rapping is like kid cutty indie cut levels of bad, like nav levels of bad. I mean, I'll agree. I think his rapping isn't the greatest on this song. I think it could be better. I still like it, but I think it could be better. So if we take the the rap in screen, and he t- says things like, uh, "My flow's not great." Okay, I conversate with people who know if I flow on a song, I'll get no radio play. That particular line, and that's like the biggest of that pitch down voice, which is blurry face. That's how you identify him in the music. If you hear that, that's blurry face speaking. Okay. And so it, and it, so then it being representative of insecurities and him being like, yeah, I know my flow's not good. I know if I rap, I probably won't get played on the radio because no one wants to hear Tyler Joseph rap. No one wants to hear that. It's not going to be good. No one cares. But that's it's in those parts that you hear blurry face's voice, and then it relates to songs on 
on blurry face where he's saying, you know, uh, like fairly local, for example, that's one of the biggest examples of blurry face as a character where he talks about, he has the one verse where he says, yeah, I'll go with the flow and it's just him rapping. But then when he says, actually, I kind of want to do my own thing. Then blurry face starts speaking even though it's still Tyler rapping, it's pitched down, it sound, it's got that deep vocal. So that's our first in, real introduction like on an album to Blurry Face and him speaking. So I guess Blurry Face in this case is like kind of a that voice in the back of your head that's saying like, oh, you suck, you can't do this. And, you know, I can, I can kind of appreciate that, you know, that layer, that little emotional detail. And, I, you know, I didn't really particularly like the line, but when, you know, pointing it out and bringing that up, up that context, I think makes me appreciate it a little more. So positive there. Yeah. And, and live, he very much gets into character, especially during the blurry face era. It's if you look at videos during blurry face and then like videos now, you can see that very clear difference of almost the entire time they were live during the blurry face era. That wasn't Tyler. That was blurry face. Uh, the other thing I was going to point out about the lyrics is that after that line about if I, who know if I flow on a song, I'll get no radio play. Then he switches to, while you're doing fine, there's some people in Iowa who have a really tough time getting through this life, so excuse us while we sing to the sky. Blurryface isn't present in that until the very last line. But he's much quieter during that line. The mix of him is very, very quiet compared to previously. And it's very much like, a yeah, he's still there. It's still not good. I'm still anxious and insecure, and I think everything sounds like shit that I create. But we're just going to kind of deal with it, and we're just going to put it in the back seat for right now. I can appreciate that. I think that's a cool little layer of depth that I, I didn't catch. So thanks for giving me that insight. That's but what I'm here for. Overall, I still have a lot of problems with this song <laughs> and Tyler's rapping in general. I think this song in particular is very derivative instrumentally. It sounds like a very bland, inoffensive, ukulele and piano-driven grocery store bop. Kind of the same problem I had with the other song, it's worse here, and it doesn't help that Tyler's flow is so shaky and uncomfortable, but now that you've pointed out kind of the insecurity thing, and yeah, I mean, that's what the song is about. The screen to your heart, seeing the real parts of you, the, the good parts, what's inside. Tyler's a rapper. Now, this is my problem. So a lot of amateur rappers, there's usually really awkward rhyme schemes, and they'll try to insert big words or awkward phrases to make their ideas connect faster. And he's choosing words to fill in the gaps rather than smartly placing those words and making them have a strong impact. One of the biggest examples for me on that song is actually uh, Look Out Below, Crashing Down to the Ground, Just Like a Vertical Locomotive. That's a train. Am I painting the picture that's in my brain? A train from the sky, locomotive, my motives are insane. That's straight up bad. <laughs> I knew you were going to call out that line. This is really this is probably the worst line on the entire album. I like the line. Like, I get the metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say the idea of like locomotive. My motives are insane. I like that. Is it cheesy? Sure. But I like that line and I like the cheesiness of it. This song I, gets the, the cow. I mean, this one, I mean, it's bad. I mean, the, it's some of the bad, it's some of the worst rapping that we've covered on this show so far. It's up there with Cuddy. A lot of the lines come off very awkward when he's delivering them, you know, the just a vertical locomotive, that's a train. It's kind of going back to that whole like 80s style, my name is Tyler Joseph and I'm here to say delivery style. And it's very, very amateur. It just doesn't work. There's this quote from a song by Kendrick Lamar, actually. It's called Poe Man's Dreams. And I think it's very important. 
I know some rappers use big words to make their similes curve. My simplest shit be more pivotal. I think that's very important. You know, you don't have to use all these big multisyllabic words like locomotive or vertical to, you know, make your rhymes work. You use smartly placed words and rhyme schemes. You can make a really powerful message and a really powerful line with not very much. Sometimes less is more. And that's kind of the problem I have with a lot of Tyler's rapping is you can have the complicated rhyme schemes. You can have the words with, you know, multi-syllabic rhymes. But if it feels like fluff, if the content is not entirely there, then it just comes off as awkward and as filler. And I'm not saying that Tyler doesn't have content. The execution could be a lot better. And that's why Heavy Dirty Soul works, even though it's faster. Like, forget the, the speed of the cadence for a while, but... It's simple, it's to the point, and it really works. And when he's trying to get, when you're trying too hard in rap, people will know. It yeah. will come out. It will bleed. And I'm not saying you can't use big words in rap. I'm just saying they need to be worked around. The rhymes need to be tailored around that word and, and in a way that doesn't feel forced. And a lot of the lines here, a lot of the wordplay feels forced. Yeah, it's just one of those things like you're so worried about fucking up, you're so worried about being bad that you end up fucking up you have to just go with it you have to say okay this is what i want to do don't try too hard you know i listen to his later stuff you know the 21 pilots later stuff and i do think tyler does improve as a rapper but here not so much i get the feeling that screen is an older song than vessel and, and he's known to take old rap verses from like his solo stuff and bring it to new stuff he didn't do that with screen that i know of but i get the feeling it's an older song purely based on its structure and its similarities to their older stuff. You know, I think it's a precursor to what he was like, I want to dabble in it. Let me just start this. It might not be good. And it, the thing is, is I think you're making valid points. I fully understand the whole thing about it can be simple and still be good. You don't have to use big words. You don't have to overanalyze it. You don't have to do all of the things that you're doing. It could be better without that stuff. And I fully agree while still liking that verse. I really enjoy the... Yeah. Yeah. So I really like the locomotive. My motives are insane. I love that line so much. Aside from that, I definitely think he took this stuff and then said, okay, this could be better. How can we fix it? And then proceeded to fix it because his rapping gets so much better in Blurry Face. It is significantly better, except for car radio. Nothing. His rapping will never be better than that moment. Moving on. The run and go. Now, I actually enjoy this track. I did too. I think it's one of the better tracks on the album, and I think it succeeds because it's more stripped back. That overproduction problem that was happening, in my mm -hmm. opinion, with Otis Sleep and Semi-Automatic and a couple of other tracks, it's not really there. I was getting kind of church gospel feels on this song a little bit with yeah, the, the I was really too. simple like piano and drum beat, and uh, I think it works. There's that whole religious undertone that you kind of get in the album, and I, I think it fits here. Even though I said that Run and Go would sometimes be a skip for me, I think the sound it has is refreshing on this album in comparison to the other songs, just because it is so much more stripped back. And the song's great live. It's also Tyler's dad's favorite song. Yeah, it's more intimate. I know I keep harping on this, but I'm really glad Tyler's not rapping on this. You're going hard on the man. man. I think he's a solid singer. I think if he yeah. like was in an emo rock band as like a front man or maybe an alt band, it would, it would work. I can't believe I'm saying this, of all people, but I, I wish this was more emo. I cannot believe these words are coming out of my mouth, but I <laughs> wish that an album was more emo. I will tell you that in some of their more recent, I don't want to say remixes, but reimagined versions of these songs, they, they get a bit more emo. But I love the lyrics. 
needing help and like needing someone to be close to you, but you're afraid that you're going to overburden them. Heavily relatable. Hit, <laughs> hits deep. Yeah. Hits yeah. deep on this one. It is, it is very relatable. And one of the tracks that personally touched me. But yeah, we're, we're starting to wind down here a little bit. We're definitely getting towards the bottom end of the track list uh, with Fake You Out. I can see you over there celebrating a little bit, Emily. What, what do you have to say? Oh, I love Fake You Out. One of the things that I like about Vessel that they don't do as much anymore is I really love songs like Fake You Out where they go the whole song, they're chilling. And then they save the love rap verse for one little part, and then it's no more. You did that a lot with regional at best. Do I like Tyler's rapping? Yes, I very much enjoy it. But sometimes I really like it when they save it one little small part at the end of the song, and then just don't do it again. I vehemently agree. I think they should use it like a guitar solo. It should be like trim on the song, and that is it. It should not be like a song like Screen or Odyssey, where they built off of that. Like, no. That was what I was going to say, actually, is... I think when Tyler shortens his rap verses, it works a lot better. That being said, a song Levitate on Trench, straight rap. Great song. But there's just something about, like, when I listen to Fake You Out, I'm spending that whole song getting ready, getting excited, because I know that rap verse is coming, and then when it happens, it is so good the way it is done. It's wonderful, and I love that. I will say there was one line on here that I thought was pretty bad. I'm brewing and losing and spewing and fusing, and believe me, that's what all the kids are doing. When you read it like that, it actually kind of sounded better. It actually kind of sounds better just kind of read out like that, you know, like in like old English style. But yeah, and when he delivers it, it does not sound good. I got like Sesame Street vibes from that line. As a man who has been listening to Sesame Street a lot this week because of a child being in my house, I now see that that puzzle piece has just locked in place. Although I didn't dislike this song, I didn't love it. I won't say it's exactly forgettable. It's definitely one of the better songs here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the one of the better songs, but I think as a fan base as a whole, we kind of forget that Fake You Out exists, honestly. Really? Yes. <laughs> you know, genuinely. Like, <laughs> when people give their, like, hot takes online, I see them all the time. I don't see people talk about Fake You Out enough. The last time I think that anyone had, like, a big discussion about Fake You Out was when they did their Blurry Face 4 tour to Columbus. They played a small show at The Basement in Ohio, which is, like, a tiny, like, 200 capacity, maybe 500 capacity venue, Damn. and they opened with Fake You Out. Everyone lost their mind, and I'm like, where y'all been this whole time? Fake You Out is where it's at. But, like, genuinely, I think as a fan base, the click forgets that Fake You Out exists. I wonder why. It's definitely one of their more, like, forgettable tracks, so I can, I can kind of see why. One thing I will say about Tyler's rapping that I enjoy, actually, is there's, every single time, there's always so much energy behind it. He puts a lot of energy into it, and it's very infectious. Yes, but my point still stands. <laughs> yeah, he's there's not very many songs that I enjoy Tyler's rapping on. If we're gonna be completely honest, so that's why when he does do it, I'm just like, mm. it's just it's kind of like, can I get through this, please? Okay, the song's better now. Okay, all right, we're back here. God. I'm ribbing a little bit, but yes, I knew you were going to shit on his rapping. I'm sorry, you know, it's not the worst <laughs> rapping I've ever heard. That crown goes to guys like Nav and Louis Evert, Tom McDonald, a few others, but he got he got better over the years. I'll give him that. Uh, moving on, Guns for Hands. Now, this is actually my personal favorite on the album. I enjoy that, like, main piano melody a lot. I love the energy. I like how it builds up. You know, the metaphor, instead of hurting yourself, making your hands into weapons and pointing it in another direction. I mess with the metaphor. Oh, I just got two real important things to say about this song. The best thing about this song is Josh Dunn. 
Oh he makes God. the song. Something yes. Like the highlight of this song is his drums. It is the best part. The way they open it with just the hi-hat. And it's just a little yeah. hi-hat. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. It is so good. Yeah. It is so well composed on his end. I could go on and on and on and on and on about Joshua's drum on this song. If you didn't say it, I was going to. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> I knew you would. It seems um, like a very like Phil Collins way of like building a song yes, around the drummer. that's exactly what We talk about that, all, that all the time. And 21 Pilots fucks with that a whole lot, that kind of idea. We're like, let's do the drum, let's get the beat down, and then we'll, let's make you the centerpiece, Josh, and then we'll go from there. The other thing I was going to say, though, is uh, going to piggyback off of what you said, and I've been saving it. I wanted to talk about it during semi-automatic, but I saved it for Guns for Hands. I think one of the most interesting things about this album as a whole is that in semi-automatic, Tyler says that he himself is semi-automatic, which is a weapon. You know, he's a gun. But in this, he's like, we all got guns for hands. I do too. But you can point them at me. I'll take the pain. I'll take it for you. And you can just redirect that hurt instead of at yourself. Redirect it at me. I'll take it and I'll hold it for you. Because I myself am also a weapon to myself. But I'm going to take it and I'm going to bear it all for you so you don't have to. There is a little bit of religious undertone there. It's left up to interpretation. I would love to sit down and have a conversation with Tyler about semi-automatic and guns for hands in relation to each other, purely based on those lines. Real good. I love it. Yeah. The only problem I have with the song is the reggae section feels very forced. Oh, my God. But I love the reggae section. It's so good. I look forward to that part of the song every time. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm looking at Garrett right now. Garrett is triggered. I do not like it. I'm very particular about my reggae. Yeah. It's not a genre I frequently enjoy. And I'm amazed. Any, I'm amazed that you enjoyed the Fishman's album. I'm not gonna lie. I'll, you know me. I love it when people mix it in. When it stands on its own or when it's awkward. If someone goes, "Oh yeah, let's make a reggae track," I'm like, "No." Versus like, "Let's make a reggae rock track. Let's make a reggae this, reggae that." Reggae. It it's, it blends so well, but it just does not stand on its own. But I actually really like this track. This is my third favorite track on the album. They blended it well. I think they did a good job. Reggae is really only bad when they're trying to do like just that. They're not really blending and, it with you anything. Know, whitewash it. They're blending genres and tempos and themes throughout the whole album. So at this point, they're just kind of like, okay, we're just doing what we've already been doing on this album. I think they make it work. It's not egregious to me. I don't dislike it. And I'm a big reggae hater. So overall, I mean, I think it's a great track. Personal nitpick, I do think it interrupts the pacing a little bit, feels a little forced, but I I love the track. I will say it was a breath of fresh air after the streak of the previous three tracks. Yeah, see, that's the only highlight of it being there at the end, though, is that it breaks up the monotony of semi-screen and run, run and go and fake you out. Um, but now, trees. I'm going to stop you right there. If y'all have one bad word to say about trees, it's on site. <laughs> we're going to go outside and we're going to take it out in the road. I, I think it's solid. I do think their pop rock, alt rock style works a lot better. Personally, my only issue with this song is that it is a bit overproduced, especially in the latter half of the song. The weird drum effects. Yeah, it's the part where they usually go out on the platforms live. Yeah. And yeah, to the very end. I knew it was like the latter half of the song. It's. I think this song would be better if it was a bit scaled back. To me, trees and... And truth, they blend in together, but that's actually kind of of a good thing. That it bookends this album pretty well. Yeah, great mm-hmm. closers. I actually think the like, closing part of this album is solid. That's two of the best things that they did was having Ode to Sleep at the beginning and Trees and Trees at the end. Trees is the last song that they play at every show. That part that you're talking about with the drums where he yells hello at the end, that's the big moment of the concert all the confetti comes out they get in the crowd and play drums on us and this song has such a powerful meaning to the fans but for tyler himself this is the oldest 21 pilot song this is the oldest song and it holds a lot of meaning to them so tyler and josh are very religious it shows in their music yeah but trees is kind of every song is for us and every song is for them 
but trees in that moment is like that, that whole thing about all that you do, do unto God, do it with him in mind. Trees for them is kind of that moment where they said, we've been doing all of this for us. We've been doing this for the fans. This moment right now, this is for you, essentially. But it has been widely regarded that that song is kind of their, like, it's the end of the show. We've done everything we can for the fans and for us. Now it's time for you. And it's our way of being like, thank you for letting us be here and being able to create this music and move these people in the way that we've moved them. Being a non-religious person myself, I still can find the appreciation in that. It's not this most over-the-top religious way of saying that. You yeah, know? I wouldn't call 21 Pilots like a, like a Christian rock band or anything like that. Oh, I'd say self-titled was, but yeah, you know, but like, not this one. They they veil it enough in metaphor and in inference and in implication that you can still appreciate it and attach your own meaning to it. Yeah, I didn't even get it the first time. It took me multiple listens after to like see the religious undertones. The first listen through, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't all. really catch it either until I started like analyzing it. Uh, the other thing is, is even as it, when I look at it from a very non-religious perspective, when I listen to trees, trees is the song where when it plays, I just lean back and I close my eyes and I just feel that song, especially when it gets to the end. Trees is one of those songs that if I listen to it, it's going to make me cry as soon as I hear it. I get the overwhelming feeling I have when I listen to that song is just incomparable to anything else I've ever experienced. That's why I love this song so much. It's why I put it in my top three favorite songs of all time. This song is so I would say that the, the when I experience this song, it is spiritual, just not not in the same way, but it is a it's a whole experience in its own. I'm not just listening to the music. It's just it literally overwhelms you. Regardless of how we feel about the album, we've been pretty hard on it. I understand and I see why so many people connect with 21 Pilots. You know, they have a lot of uplifting messages about overcoming your battles, your demons, your trauma, spirituality, and it's hard to knock them for that. You know, even if I do think that the rapping is bad and it can be corny and sometimes the instrumentals are a little too poppy or derivative for my taste, I'm not going to sit here and say like, wow, these guys are horrible. They're terrible. I don't understand why anybody appreciates or likes their music. I've never really felt that way. I totally yeah. get it. And I speak for myself and majority of the other fans. I found 21 Pilots at a really crappy time. I would genuinely credit them for why I'm still here. If I hadn't found their music when I did, I don't know if I'd be here. I found them at the exact right moment that I needed them. And that's really important. Just because, you know, we're sitting on here and talking about albums and criticizing them and breaking them apart and analyzing them, it doesn't mean, you know, you can't attach your own personal meaning to music. Just because we didn't love it doesn't mean you can't find it special and you can't appreciate it love it yourself and find meaning in it. I've got groups like that too. Like, you know, American football, that's one of those bands that I found at a very deep and dark time in my life and really got me through it. So on that level, like I understand, I yeah. appreciate it. Radiohead and nine inch nails. You got one, James. Oh, James, what's your sad bank? Well, I would say probably the closest thing for me would be like the grunge bands, like especially Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam. There's a few songs like black that helped me with, shit the last thing i had wanted to say about trees though was i know y'all don't like screen but we're gonna go back to it for a second i think it's very interesting where we take i'm standing in front of you from screen and then we go compare it to the line in trees where he says i know where you stand silent in the trees and that's where i am the whole moment of screen being like i'm standing in front of you and it's very loud but for trees to be like you're in the trees and you're silent and that's where you stand and i'm gonna stand with you i like that little dichotomy there yeah. I think it's really nice. 
a nice little nod. We were moving on into the closer of the album, Truce. I think this is actually a very beautiful and intimate moment. Yes. A great closer. Absolutely. Very much. I think it's the best closer that they've had on an album. Yeah, it's a very hopeful tone, and I think it just brings the album around. You know, mm-hmm. I do think there are a lot of pacing problems, a lot of structure issues, but they got it right here. Great, great closer. Fantastic closer. Very intimate. You know, it's just Tyler and the piano. They do that a lot, though, with the last song on their album. It's usually a small little song like that. I think Trace was a really good way to also, like, wrap up everything they were trying to say with this album. Yeah, yeah. Just, it definitely ties all the themes yeah. together. Sun will rise. We'll try again. Make sure you stay alive. That's all you got to do. But, yeah, with that being said, you guys want to get into your final thoughts? So, this album, I have heard it for many years because of Emily here. But this was my first time actually sitting down and just putting my headphones on and listening to it, like really listening to it. I got to say, for the most part, it's a pretty well done project. There are some nitpicky things I have with it, like the overproduction and the pacing issues in the album, but a lot of deep emotional messages, drumming, the instrumentation, it's all very, very well done. There's some great melodies, some great hooks. It's a solid alt-pop album. I would give it a 7 out of 10. I'm not going to be as positive on it because I didn't really connect to it emotionally as much as other projects. Um, The instrumentation wasn't quite there for me, and there's some good alt-pop, some good genre fusion there, but I feel like the hooks could have been better. Um, The rapping was a Big and I'm not as much of a overall hater of Tyler's rapping because later on I do like a lot of his stuff, like the bridge section on Chlorine and Heavy Dirty Soul. Pretty much all of the rapping besides Car Radio I did not like. I would green light them taking it off of the song in a heartbeat if I had that power. The hooks were good, but not enough to bring some songs over the top. The pacing issues. In general, those things, they don't really sound all that bad on their own, but when they but they add up on this album. So I'm going to give this album a six. So I will not be as positive. I do think there are positives here. But overall, I think Vessel is a mixed bag that struggles from a lack of identity, overproduction in some spots, and Tyler Joseph's very amateur rapping. The genre-jumping aspect of this album tends to ruin the overall pacing and unintentionally reveals the group's lack of versatility in some spots. You know, I do appreciate that they were trying to jump around and do genre fusion and experiment with different sounds. That's never a bad thing, in my opinion. But oftentimes, if you're not as experienced and if you're not as well-versed of a musician, that can leave a lot to be desired. I can commend them for trying to bring a variety of different influences to the project. The execution was not there. But regardless, I understand why so many people connect with their music, thanks to Tyler's uplifting and introspective lyrics about his battles with mental health. And he leaves it open enough and veiled enough to allow the the listeners to insert their own struggles and their own problems into the messages of this music. And I think that's something worth noting and worth looking at and saying, you know, even though I don't love it, I can appreciate the positivity and the messages coming from their music. And for that reason, I'm going to give it a five and a half out of 10. There aren't enough words in the English language for me to say what this album means to me and why I think 
it's important. I would give it an 8 out of 10 if I had to score it, only because they've done things better than Vessel. Prior to Trench, this was their peak. Then they made Trench, and I don't know that they'll ever do anything better than that. I've seen so many bands who put out an album that's great, and then I don't want to say it loses relevancy within the fan base, but it doesn't seem to become as important. But the way that this album is still, to this day, so important to 21 Pilots as a history, but as you're not going to go to a concert and they'll ever drop a song from Vessel. It will always be there and it will always have a presence because this is their beginning. I think there's not another album that they, out of anything that they've made so far, that would be a better beginning for them. I I get the criticisms and I fully understand them. And I think in some, some of them are pretty valid, but you got to start somewhere. And I think this was a pretty damn good start. I know you're a super fan. I know you appreciate them a lot and it means a lot to you. And I really appreciate you coming on here. I jokingly said earlier, I'd go to war for migrant. I'd go to war for vessel. If this album didn't exist, they wouldn't be the same band. And I don't know that they'd have the same impact. If anyone wanted to listen to them, this would be the album I'd point them to. I'd tell them to listen to this one first. Okay. Okay. I was actually going to ask you, like, if you wanted to listen to 21 Pilots, where would be a good place to start? Like, what would be a good order? I th- Honestly, I think the order they came out. Vessel, Roller Your Face, Trench, Gail Denicey. If someone's just looking for one song, I always tell them Holding On To You. It's always the first one I tell people. I like the Heavy Dirty Soul was the first song I listened to because it gave me... It showed me it's like, hey, they're going to rap, but also, you know, it could be good. Fair enough. Well, with that being said, any final thoughts, guys? I'm good. I'm good. Anything left to say, Emily, before we sign off? I was trying to think of a clever way to, like, sign off with We're 21 Pilots, and so are you, because that's what they do at every show, but I couldn't think of anything. So <laughs> it's okay. stay strong, live on, pass on these songs. Yeah, and... You know, if any of this sounded appealing to you, check out 21 Pilots. But anyway, this is Off The Key Podcast, and we're out of here. Thanks, guys. <gasps> I'm going to have to edit fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's honestly probably going to cut down to 55, 56. What was the time? Hey, here and i just wanted to give a shout out to lacrembo for the intro and outro music also check out our link tree for where to follow us we are on instagram and facebook and a variety of streaming platforms and if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow it'd be greatly appreciated thanks guys see you later